The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about such a very interesting topic that we've talked a little bit about it before with an estate planning attorney, and that is managing our digital assets. And we have to think about that. What if we're gone? What happens? Or what if we just, you know, how do we even manage it now when we're alive, but especially when we're gone or or our loved ones are gone? And I'm really thrilled because we're going to be talking with Lee Poskanser, and he is the CEO and founder of Directive Communication Systems, and the acronym is DCS. He has been recognized for consumer product innovation and merchandising, and he premiered market-driven innovations, including cross-promotional partnerships with international brands with offers in home video and DVDs. Eventually, this all became the standard practice for the industry, and he has been recognized as a leader in the prepaid payment category as an innovator of the gift card mall, now generating millions of dollars. So he's worked with Fortune 100 and 500 organizations, and he has incredible experience working as a national uh, sales manager for corporate incentives at Staples, the director of retail client management at American Express, director of gift cards at Blackhawk Marketing Services, director of marketing promotions at Foot Locker, and president of Meanly Incorporated. He began his career as the multiple brand manager, mark production director, and sales director for Paramount Pictures, Columbia T- TriStar, Polygram, Universal, and CBS Fox. All these wonderful things. And you can find more about him at privacypiracy.org, where we have his picture and his bio, and we link to his website at protectingmyplans.com. We're so thrilled to have you, Lee, joining us from beautiful Canada. Hi, Mari. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit more about DCS before we begin. Sure. Directive Communication Systems is a company that helps to handle digital assets and online account planning for your digital digital afterlife. Um, More and more of us are doing more online. We're conducting our lives online and we are leaving behind digital clutter and digital legacy. 
and DCS helps to clean that up as well as make your accounts transparent so all that you've worked for can be passed on to the heirs that you want to receive it. Oh, I know. We had a great conversation before the show started. So tell us, how is it that you started this? Why did you start this company? Well, I started it uh, a number of years back when a friend of mine suddenly passed away, somebody I had worked with, and about three months later I went on to LinkedIn where the the anniversary of one uh, of being a ski instructor popped up and LinkedIn wanted me to congratulate him mm. for calling him and pictured either his wife or even worse, his 10-year-old daughter picking up the phone and going, Daddy's dead. Uh. It broke my heart. And I really, I started doing some research and contacting attorneys and asking how this occurs and why isn't his image and his name off of LinkedIn and quickly learned that that's not something the attorneys or the estate is responsible for. It's up to the loved ones, and loved ones aren't sure of what to do. At the same time, when I spoke to the attorneys, they were indicating to me that because more and more people have gone to electronic statements for their banking and their investments, they're having a tough time settling estates and finding all the monies that somebody has earned over time and being able to disperse them to the family members and to their heirs. Mm. And so after about two years uh, of putting together our platform and our service, we released uh, Directive Communication Systems and ProtectMyPlans.com, and we're able to help families plan ahead, gather all their information, their accounts, uh, and what they want to do with those accounts when they pass away, and be able to ca- help the estate carry out those directives when the time comes. Mm. So people can come to your website, and it, when they go to uh, protectmyplans.com, if they don't have an attorney, or they can go to an attorney and say, I want you to help me, and I saw this thing, Protect My Plans, can you help me with that? Is that those are the choices that they have, basically, right? So they can do it on their own? They can do it on their own. Or they can contact their attorney and have it as part of their estate plan. Mm. You know, you and I were just talking because I had a similar thing happen with one of my dear friends that um, we went to the memorial service just a couple months ago, and then it was her birthday. And, of course, it popped up on my Facebook and um, it just broke my heart. And then I wrote something, you know, which I don't know how I, I thought about it afterwards. I just said, you know, we miss you and, you know, God bless you. And I know you're with the angels and all this stuff. But it it just was a weird feeling. And then, of course, I had something that popped up on another friend of mine who died of cancer. And his stuff keeps coming up, too. And um so you're right, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or any of these things, uh, it's just, it's such a, a new thing. You know, we're all just using social media like crazy, but then we don't think about the ramifications and some of the terrible ones, like when you called and then found out daddy was gone, you know, uh, just imagine what the families feel like when they get marketed to uh, when they find out it's somebody's birthday and then somebody, you know, writes something that maybe is very painful to those who are left behind, right? Exactly. Anytime we lose a loved one, it's an emotional process. We go through a grieving period. We miss that person. And then when an anniversary comes along, let's say a, a birthday celebration or a work anniversary, Facebook and LinkedIn and, and the others are there to remind us 
and it triggers a whole other set of emotions. And it's not only us that have emotions, but imagine the family members mm. renewed uh, and reminded of the passing, especially if it's a young person or someone who had a surprising uh, death and it was unexpected. The, the energy and the emotions that come, they get repeated over and over and over again. Mm. important for someone to make a declaration on what they want to have happen with their sites and their profiles and their, their information. Uh, so... Uh, it's, it really can be a very trying time. And we all miss the people we love, and so we want a piece of them. But we also know that we have to be able to address some of the needs of the estate and from the family's perspective. Right. So how are, how are Facebook and LinkedIn, how are they responding to this issue? Well, many site owners try to implement an account holder death program in many cases, it's, an, it's a process that the family or the loved one has to go through. Uh, there are few in organizations such as Facebook and Google and Snapchat that have formalized processes with pages on their websites. Others have a customer service type of program. But most importantly, it's not always just about taking down the site or deleting the, the, the profile. But many times your estate needs to get access to information so that they can properly settle the estate. So, for example, an email account, more and more of us have gone on, uh, gone on to electronic banking. And so we get electronic statements and for our investments or our bank uh, balances, and those are being sent to email addresses that nobody knows about. And, and plus, not everybody knows your password, right? Well, that's a that's a whole other uh, <laughs> uh, because password usage or impersonating the account holder can be a violation of federal and state laws, right. as well as the site owner's terms of service. And uh, to stay on passwords for just a moment, many of them are now implementing measures that will prevent the password sharing from occurring. So they're going to be able to recognize if someone attempts to use a password from a different device, whether it's a phone, a tablet or a computer. Uh, they'll be implementing two-factor authentication. Uh, many offer pattern changes or even uh, biometrics. So password sharing is not only uh, unsafe, it also uh, can be a, a tool that is, uh, or it's a resource that's going to be prevented uh, from being able to be used. And if site owners see it multiple times, they actually may lock the entire estate out from getting access to information. So it could be more prevent, more problematic than helpful. Right. So I'm thinking, you know, that, and I do a lot of trust mediation, and that hasn't really come up yet uh, in the mediations that I've done, but I could just see that as a real problem that the trustee can't even get into the accounts to disperse them. And, and that's becoming a more and more common occurrence. You have organizations like uh, the U.S. government with treasury bonds uh, that are now just electronically issued. So if the information is being sent to an email address that nobody knows about, how do you become aware that the bonds exist? Uh, and so you may, it may be years before it's considered abandoned property. Uh, you have other assets, let's say in gaming, uh, more and more people are playing games online and buying digital artifacts in those games, spending mm. 1000 or $2,000 a piece, 
And if nobody knows about the game, let alone the value of some of the artifacts within the game, literally that money just disappears. Wow. Just evaporates, and it will never be distributed because those game sites are not required to report anything as abandoned property. So it will never be sheeted to the state. Oh, my goodness. So tell us a little bit about what your company does and how they help to deal with these issues. So what we do is we work with uh, individuals while they're alive, and they come in, enroll in our platform. They make a set of default declarations, and then what they do is they start entering their accounts. And we have three ways of capturing an individual's accounts. Uh, They can enter it manually or they can provide us with a spreadsheet and a, or a Word document, and we will populate the account information for them. Uh, we ask that they strip the passwords. Our company does not take passwords, nor do we actually know the contents of your accounts. We only know the accounts exist and what you want to do with them. And then lastly, the individual will download a browser extension that uh, will capture new accounts as you enroll or as you log in. So this way, whatever the new Snapchat is, whatever the new Facebook is, whatever the new e-retailer is going to be, you'll always be able to add that to your portfolio, and it will always be kept current. So actually, you use your browser to open up a new account? Is that what it is? So that you are... What we will do is when you open up a new account, let's say with Amazon, we'll be able to recognize that you've logged into a new account. We'll ask you right then and there, do you want to add this to your portfolio? You can say yes, not now, or never. Oh, so it's kind of like my last pass. Exactly. Okay, so it pops up. Okay, because, yeah, okay. So it pops up and says, do you you want us to generate a, a, a password for you? Okay. Right. It will ask you if you want to deposit it. Right. Um, And we ignore the password. So we actually don't even take as much information as LastPass Mm -hmm. because we don't want the password. Right. just want to know your account and your username. And then we'll be able to deposit it into your personal portfolio. And then uh, you can come in at a later time and make a directive that is personalized for that particular account. Mm. And then when the time comes... We'll actually work with your state and carry out all your declarations and your directives so that your state is not burdened with having to find where to send something to Facebook or how do I contact LinkedIn or even your local bank or maybe even an online bank. So we'll help and work with your uh, uh, state in carrying out your decisions and final wishes. The only thing we do automatically is contact the credit bureaus to let them know that you've passed away so that credit cards can't be opened up and we reduce the risk of identity theft. So how do you find out that someone has passed away? We are usually contacted by the estate. Okay, so, so the esta- it's the, if, if they have a, um, if they've written a will, in California you can have a holographic will where you write your own will, or they have an attorney who has, who knows who they tell about this, right? I mean, they have to <laughs> let them know, <laughs> otherwise, no one knows that they've done all this. But um, okay, so lost it. We don't want to be our own last digital asset. Yeah, we encourage, <laughs> we encourage the client to tell somebody that they know, 
they've enrolled in our service, so that way we can identify them, uh, and they'll give us a couple of names uh, so we can verify the passing. But we, we encourage for those who don't have formalized estates to, to make sure somebody knows about our service, and then those that do have one will be a part of the estate so they'll know to contact us. Right, right. No, that's that's uh, that's really important. I just think this is obviously that more and more people are online, and they don't even think about the value of these digital assets and the ramifications of not being able to find them. You know, I I myself have, have been just deciding I don't want to get any more paper stuff. I'm so sick of getting the paper, so I'm just doing everything. You know, my bank, my investments. Everything is sent to me online. Everything. So, yeah, I could see how this is really important. Well, the, McAfee did research a few years ago and determined that the average American had almost $55,000 in digital assets. Mm. $37,000 of it uh, was unprotected. And so we, we're really leaving ourselves open. And I think over time, over the last number of years, that number has grown significantly as more and more people have become comfortable with online investing, online banking, and online shopping. Right, right. I wonder about, like, you know, somebody my age is more used to preparing an estate plan, but what about all these kids that have stuff online all over the place um, is there some suggestion that you have for, you know, I mean, I have friends that have, I have one, my dearest, one of dearest friends, her daughter was 16 when she was killed in a car accident and, you know, had oh. all sorts of social media all over the place. So um, what do you suggest for that? Well, certainly for those we uh, for those over 18, we certainly want to have them come into protectmyplans.com and organize their accounts and their apps and identify what uh, they want to have done with them. We've found that younger people have very clear and distinct ideas on who, way, who they want to let see what they have in a particular account. So they may say, I want mom and dad to be able to have pictures, but my Insta message is I want that to go to my best friend because I don't want my parents to ever see anything. Oh, yeah. So people have very clear ideas, and four out of peop- four out of five individuals have uh, want privacy control in their afterlife, and especially among younger people. Uh, so we really say, come use the Protect My Plan site. You don't necessarily have to have a formalized plan. Uh, worrying about trusts and some of the other very difficult language that that one, as they get older, gets comfortable with. Uh, but they do, younger people do want to really identify. Instagram is going to go to this person. Snapchat is going to go to that person. My Facebook pictures are going to go here, but my Facebook posts are going to go over there. They're very clear and defined. And when you show your intent in what you want to have done with it, uh, that's when the site owners are going to listen. What site owners don't want to have is an assumption made by the estate, by your personal representative. Right. Because they can't, they can't identify, is that what you truly wanted? Yeah. Or does that just make it easier for your personal representative? Right, right. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I go through that when I mediate these, <laughs> these disputes. Mama didn't want that, you know. So the more clear you are about what you want, the, the easier it is for the family and the more you avoid litigation. 
Yeah, so, Mari, one yeah. of the most difficult parts that you, you mentioned earlier is really the 13 to just one day short of 18-year-olds. Yeah. Because they do have certain rights to privacy. Right. Parents just assume that they have access to when in reality they don't. So the law hasn't figured out yet really how to handle that. And I think you're going to see more activity about that and how that's to be handled if there was something unfortunate that occurs uh, and needs to be dealt with and addressed. Mm. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about law. So how does federal, state, and service provider agreements really impact all this access? What, what are the laws saying? Well, right now, first of all, for the first time, there are privacy laws that now impact trust and estates planning that nobody really needed to worry about years ago. Uh, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, now have some impact on how people can get access to information because uh, password sharing and unauthorized access are very serious matters. Right. Uh, they, there is a lot of prohibition uh, for using uh, unapproved methods for gaining access to content, which is why many states have uh, introduced what they call the Revised Uniform Fiduciary Access to Digital Assets Act, which is RUFATA for short. And that creates. It's not very short. <laughs> uh, but it, it creates a path for the estate to gain access to contents, but it's a complex and challenging path mm. where a lot of information has to be provided, uh, such as a link between the user and that account and a demonstration of a need to get into that account because we don't want people getting access to information that could be our most intimate and confidential details. Right, So right. we want to know that it's necessary for a settlement. Wow, yeah. So how can we best prepare, really, for digital af afterlife? What is the first step we should take? Well, you certainly want to prepare your accounts and give considerable thought as to what you want to have happen to them and who you want to have uh, get to uh, inside to evaluate them if necessary. Uh, I don't recommend that you have one person do everything because it could be overwhelming. If you have 55, yeah. 100 accounts, uh, that's a lot of time and energy when they're going in and they have to look for files, they have to identify uh, different information that might be masqueraded so that, for example, my bank account might not look like Bank of America Bank. It might just be OAB. Yeah. So it becomes difficult because they have to go into each file and look, is this something of value? Is this not something of value? So you want to pick someone who has the energy and the wherewithal to go through the, your important documents, your important files. Uh, you may want to pick a loved one to go through some of the pictures. Uh, if you have other material online that you you want close discreetly, well, that's something we do as, as protectmyplans.com. So if there's no cash value, we can take it down so that nobody is aware of it, uh, something that might be embarrassing. But you want to be prepared as to what each account means to you and who you want to have uh, going through it. The next thing you want to do is uh, identify what you want to have done with it from an action-oriented point. So accounts can be deleted. Some can have your name removed. Some can be transferred. So you want to give great consideration as to what you want to do with those digital assets. And then I would use a service like DCS 
or protectmyplans.com and go in and use that as a cataloging of your accounts along with your directives. And what's very convenient is if you change your mind on who you want to grant access to or what you want to have done with that account, it's very easy to change and you can do it on the fly. So that way if I... I've decided that my best friend and I are no longer in a fight and I had granted him access to my Gmail. I can now change it to my wife. And so I can make very quick, easy changes that would then demonstrate my intent to getting access to the information. So let me ask you this, Lee. What if somebody has a, a, a bunch of accounts now that they haven't done this? So once, if they took your product, once they... And, and it's on, and I, I imagine it would be like LastPass, right? So once they go to that site, would it pop up then? So it wouldn't be like I have to sit down and go, okay, I've got this and this and this and this. Once I downloaded it, would then it, as soon as I go to that site, would they see it as like a one to add? What would happen if you, for to start off, we recommend if you had a, a password manager, um, is to download the information that is available, they have that capability. Uh, strip out the column with the passwords in it and you can load it up on the Protect My Plan site. Oh. Be able to get all your accounts in at once so you're not spending time in front of the computer or on the app doing one by one. Right. You'll, you'll be able to do it in one fell swoop. Uh, then with the browser extension, as you proceed through life, we will be able to capture those new enrollments through our Portfolio Plus browser extension okay but what if what if um somebody doesn't have LastPass? for me i have everything in LastPass, so it's pretty easy but somebody who doesn't and they have a lot of social networking uh sites that they're on and bank accounts da, 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 all that stuff um would they when they when they have the browser would it show up as something that isn't in there but should be in there well, if the first time you enroll or the first time you log in, if yeah. it's not already in your portfolio, the Portfolio Plus will recognize. Oh, that's good. So if you forget one, it'll it'll pop up and let you know. That's correct. Oh, that's and good. If you if you're like myself, where I have everything in an Excel spreadsheet, uh, I we, you can just take that file and upload it in a very secure link. And we will then populate the, the fields for you, and then we'll ask you when we're done to come back in and assign your particular directives. If you don't have a list or you don't have a password manager, we can provide you. There is a form that is available, and you can just follow the very easy form, listing your accounts, uh, listing your usernames, and then we will then upload that for you as well so you're not having to manually enter one by one into our for, into our fields. Mm. So tell me, you know, being a, a lawyer here and, and having read about your service, which is why I wanted to get you on, um, how how are uh, estate planning attorneys reacting to this? I'm. They, well, they they are uh, enrolling with us aggressively uh, because for them, digital assets is new as well. And it's not something that they focus on in the past because there was no need to. But as baby boomers have entered the age where they're, uh, they're starting to plan ahead, well, they are planned ahead, but they're starting to pass, and they are the first real generation to use technology, 
uh, state uh, professionals are recognizing the need to go to work with digital assets, both on the planning side, but also having to re- recognize they have new requirements and new protocols based on the site owner's terms of service agreements that we all sign, and so they have to learn those. And they don't have the opportunity to learn hundreds of these at any given time, so our service helps them to quickly get up-to-date and adapted to digital asset protocols, requirements, and, and how to deal with directives in an effective manner. Wow, this is in- incredibly interesting, and what a, a whole new way of thinking about things. So we are just out of time. Would you give your website now for both the consumer and for those lawyers, my friends of mine, that are going to listen in? Sure. For consumers, please visit us at protectmyplans.com. Again, that's protectmyplans.com. And for the legal professionals, please visit us at directivecommunications.com. That's directivecommunications, plural, dot com. Well, that's terrific. Thank you so much for sharing. What a brilliant idea, something very, very much uh, crucially needed in this day and age. So we will keep in touch, and we'll have you back again. And, and you take care, all right? Well, thank you, Mari. All right. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. 